Welcome to another episode of the Irish Bears Show, where we're coming at you after an absolutely brutal loss to the Browns. It was apparently Groundhog Day in Cleveland, where we saw Justin Fields try to hand the ball off to Montgomery, who quickly got stuffed. Then we saw Justin Fields try to pass, and then we saw him get sacked nine times in the game. And then we watched the defense tire completely and understandably after an unbelievably lopsided time of possession uh rinse and repeat and that was the entire game basically uh so i think i i know the answer to the next question that i'm going to ask but i have to ask it how all of my wonderful co-hosts are doing tony i'll start with you how how are you doing after that loss do you mean like (laughs) it was just so bad just honestly i was watching i was like can this game just now can it just finish can it just finish now i've had enough I've had enough, and I've had enough of Matt Nagy. Go away. Go away, Nagy. I'm done with you. Please leave Chicago. You have done more harm than good. Yeah, I think we are pretty much all done with Matt Nagy by halftime, and yet we had to sit through another agonizing half of, of his play calling, which we will completely get into. Noel, how are you doing? What Tony said. Word for word, what a what a disastrous night. I mean, look, Bears defense looked good for a while. Unfortunately, though, when your offense is constantly going three and out, as you said, Corey, uh, by the end, they just wear down. And my God, that offense is horrendous. That line was disastrous. And I, as you can see from most of our names, I echo what Tony said. Nagy, there's the door. Walk through it. Yeah, I think that pretty much uh, the entire fan base has Nagy's head on a stake at this point. Scott, I think you've got a lot to say on this topic, so I'm going to start with you. We've got uh, 47 total yards of offense, nine sacks on Justin Fields, uh, hardly any time of possession. Uh, Do you think, you know, how much of this loss falls on Nagy, and is it too early to fire him? You're on mute. (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna try this again never too early see i'm trying to be positive trying to be positive it is never too early to fire somebody who has proven day in and day out that he deserves it uh so today was a day justin fields is the first quarterback since the mergers 1970 to be sacked nine times in a game and throw for fewer than 100 yards in his first career start. So we have to take a look at, and granted, after the game, Matt Nagy said it was that bad. It was that bad. Yes, it was exactly what you said, Matt Nagy. 
And you're at the heart of it all. Actually, the two people that are at the heart of it all. Matt Nagy for calling this god-awful game that he did. And Ryan Pace for building this unwatchable piece of blank team that we all had to endure. It wasn't just for 60 minutes. Like 60 minutes, if it was a running clock, sure. But it wasn't. There was timeouts. This thing lasted for three hours and one minute. We had to endure this crap. Holy cow. Every time there is a quarterback, I know the play. Look, the playbook is essentially what Kansas City's uh, is. And it's like you see Kansas City run it. It's not a conservative playbook. It's not. But the way that Matt Nagy runs it, he runs everything short of the sticks. The runs are like basically it's two yards in a cloud of dust. If you're not going to let anybody basically take the car and drive, then what are you doing as a play caller? At this point, and this is something that I that I was mentioning uh, off air. Uh, this was, I think, before Tony got there. You know, we keep saying, okay, well, give Justin Fields the keys to the car and let him drive it. At this point, what Matt Nagy did was stuff him in the trunk and still asking him, hey, man, you going to drive this thing? No, no, he's not, nor is anybody else. Everything that he does from Trubisky to Chase Daniel to uh, Nick Foles to Andy Dalton and now to Justin Fields, conservative play calling. The problem isn't all these quarterbacks. The problem is Matt Nagy and calling plays. This is why three of us at this point have Fire Nagy or the hashtag Fire Nagy on our little nameplate. At this point, we don't have much of a way of evaluating anything on this team until Matt Nagy relieves himself as the offensive coordinator. He wants to get this thing fixed. Start with yourself. Be you. Or better yet, be anything but you. Maybe that's the thing. Be anything but you. How's that? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that we as Bears fans have had to endure horrendous offensive play. Uh, I, I can't even, in my years of watching as a fan, the closest that we ever got to any, even a, a, a serviceable offense was Jay Cutler. And that, you know, he he's not MVP status by any means. So, you know, I, Tony, I think I want to come to you. For, for years and years, we've been saying that we are one franchise quarterback away from, you know, the Bears being able to go to the Super Bowl. Well, we have him. Justin Fields, we cannot evaluate him based on this game. And he has absolutely proven his worth in his collegiate career. So, you know, do you think that this offense is salvageable? Do you think, one, is Nagy going to turn it over uh, to Bill Lazor? And do you think that Lazor can do anything with this with this offense? Yeah, I mean, in terms of Justin Fields, you know, being the franchise quarterback, that's still the case. Um, we can look at this game tonight and put any huge blame on Justin Fields for what happened. Um, you just have to look at the situation. The play calling was was horrendous for the most part. Um, the offensive line was terrible. Um, there's no way that anybody could survive in that situation. And we talked about it off air again there before we came on. You know, they're running these RPOs. Um, and fair enough, you know, and Scott said it himself, he's like, you know, they are quick plays, but they do take some time to develop. 
um, which I 100% agree with Scott on that. But the problem is with that is regardless of whether or not we were to run the RPO, hand it off, or keep the ball and run it, it was getting shut down immediately because the offensive line was that bad. You're looking at a situation here where you've got an offensive line where you've got second round picks in there and you've got, you know, 18 year veterans in there and they just looked like they hadn't a clue. Um, it was really, really bad. Is the offense salvageable? <laughs> At this point, I, I, I don't, I really, I can't see it. Um, unless Nagy needs to give the play column back to Bill Lazor. You know, and Bill Lazor is not anything to write home about at all. But he knows how to call a game. Now, I'm not saying that Nagy can't draw up decent plays. You know, he, 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 he can do that, but he doesn't, he can't read the game. He can't judge momentum. He can't think two steps in front of someone else. He's always behind in every game. And it's just the same thing. And you could, you could, if you were in a situation where it was Nagy's first season or even his second season, you know, you'd give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, hopefully we can turn this around. But we're, we're now at the point here where it's the fourth year. We know what Matt Nagy is. We know what he can do. We know what he can't do. And he can't call plays. I'm not saying that Matt Nagy can't be a, a head coach, you know, and, and be a rah-rah guy and be behind the team and doing his boom and all that nonsense, right? But when it comes to calling plays and thinking ahead in this aggressive chess game that we play in, then he can't do that. He needs to give it to Bill Lazor. That is the only way that this is going to be salvageable, I think. Um, but in terms of moving forward, I mean, I really have no idea what to expect. Even against against the Lions next week, I thought going in, oh, I'm relatively confident that we might get a win. But now I'm like, it could really go either way. I think if we lose to the Lions at home, uh, Soldier Field will go up in flames with Nagy in it, probably. Uh, so, so, Noel, playing a little devil's advocate here, Let's say that Nagy does give over play calling to Laser. They somehow make a serviceable offense out of this. And uh, Nagy is a more effective leader at just doing the head coaching jobs and not having to worry about, about the, the play calling, which a lot of most of the NFL coaches don't do the play calling. So, you know, it's kind of a head scratcher about why can't he get out of his way of his own ego? He can still have his say and his, his little twist on the offense without having to call the plays and without having to call a game. But, you know, say he gives it up, say that we somehow go on a win streak. Do you still want to see Nagy back here next year or are you done? It's a good question, actually, to be honest with you, first off, I just want to see the right decisions being made in terms of play calling. Um, as Tony said, look, Nagy may be a great rah-rah guy. He may he can draw up a scheme, whatever, but he cannot call a game. He cannot get into the rhythm of it. He just doesn't seem to have. I mean, I don't know. If we can get somebody in calling plays and the offense is trended in the right direction, well, then look, if he is head coach and he's doing a job, fair enough. I, I guess I can live with that. Although at this point, I'm wondering if a clean sweep isn't just a, a better way to go. I mean, my fear now is. You have Justin Fields here, and if this continues, 
we could end up wasting the first two or three years of his career to this kind of incompetence. Um, I know Scott has mentioned it as well. I mean, Pace has to take his lion's share of, of what's happening with this team. He put the players in there. So I don't see them getting rid of him before the end of the season. I just don't think that's going to happen. So for me, the best scenario is to go to Bill Lazor. As Tony says, he's not anything special. But at least last year, he seemed to have a grip of how to how to call consecutive plays and get a bit of a rhythm going. Um, and then I think if we can do that, and if we can get some sort of consistency going, then we can look at you know Matt Nagy as head coach come the end of the season. But I mean, as I say, right now, my fear is the defense done well again. But my fear is they take this young quarterback and they waste two or three years of, of what's an important time in his development. Um, so it's it's just hard. I mean, this is two games in the first three. We've lost by 20 and the offense has been horrendous in in both games look it's 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 just difficult it's it's kind of at this point i'm trying to put it all together it's hard it's hard to know what way things are going to go maybe tomorrow the day after i might be able to sit down and then get a better idea where i think things will go but right now it's it's just all negative doom and gloom unfortunately oh yeah the cut is fresh and it is uh very very deep um, I think you're right, though. The McCaskies do not have a reputation of firing coaches in the middle of the season. I don't think I see it happening this year, um, you know, for better or worse. I think that, you know, with this offense, if Nagy doesn't call off play calling, we are in for an unbelievably long season. There's just there's nothing good to say. How can there be? be an instance where there's literally nothing good to say and we have Justin Fields as quarterback. Absolutely. So, and to be honest, I think there's an arrogance of him. I mean, you see it in his comments, you know, the comment of, oh, I'm not an idiot, or there was the comment of, I know I'm a very good play caller, I'm a great play caller. So in his mind, he seems to have this mentality of me against the world and I'm, I'm not backing down. I know I'm good. Unfortunately, you know, track record says you're not. But I mean, who knows? Hopefully, maybe he'll even be forced into it, but Time will tell. Well, year. I mean, how many how many years is it going to take, Nagy? We've heard you say that it's going to take years to develop this offense. It's been four years. You have your franchise quarterback. It's time. The jig is up. So, uh, with that said, I think uh, we have to remind everybody to like the video, uh, subscribe, please. Uh, tell all your friends to subscribe. We love hearing your opinions. We love hearing what you guys have to say and seeing all of your comments. Um, it, it helps us out so much. Uh, and so I think that this is a good segue into my next question that I want to head over to Scott. Do you think that Justin Fields is basically getting wasted on this year? Do you think that this, this entire offensive scheme is hindering his development? Um, you know, can he learn anything out of this? Um, what What's your take on that? All right. Well, let me just start by saying that uh, Matt Nagy did not commit to Justin Fields week four, next game. So to answer your question, maybe that's it. Uh, I don't think that Matt Nagy realizes how much his ego is getting in the way of the success of the team. We have to start looking at that. 
I mean, when your offense, and I'm like, this is, we have to let us all encapsulate what has happened with this team. Today, the Bears averaged 1.1 yards per play on offense. That is the second worst of any team in any game this century. Since, since 2001, no one has done worse except one team. And when you look at that and the overall sentiment from Bears fans that it is a lot of three and outs and then luck getting into the end zone or luck getting into the red zone or getting a field goal, that's all on whoever's calling the plays. And that's been Matt Nagy for three-plus years. And if that's the pattern of behavior that we have to look forward to, then he's got to go. If you're not going to fire him from being the head coach, then tell him you have no choice. You give up play calling forever or you have to go. You have to be fired. And then we'll, and then you just figure it out. I think at some point everybody has to be held accountable today. Even Justin Fields, he made some pretty – boneheaded throws, especially when they did try and start passing. Uh, so I'm not going to just say that Matt Nagy was the only one. The offensive line definitely had a, a hand in it. Uh, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw this guy under the bus because I, he, at this point he has found out, or at least we have found out, that he no longer knows how to take angles and he no longer knows how to tackle anybody. Bench Eddie Jackson. Bench him. Tell him he's got a hey, until you get that fire back, until you want to be motivated to, to do something, you're going to be an expensive safety on the goddamn bench. The, I am tired of people who don't want to play for the Chicago Bears, and there's plenty of them. At this point, you want to play for the Bears? Great. Get in there and do what you're supposed to do. You don't want to play for the Bears? Get out. And at this point, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a whole bunch of people that need to start looking in the mirror. Absolutely. Yeah. The accountability starts at the top, starts with the McCaskey, starts with Pace, starts with Nagy, and it and it trickles down. And and one more thing. There was a time on the Fox broadcast that uh, the camera panned over to Andy Dalton, and you could see Nick Foles right next to him. And in that one, in that one shot, you could see Nick Foles saying, the offense just isn't working. That's the guy who doesn't want to be in Chicago, and he's noticing that this offense just isn't working. That is all on Matt Nagy. At some point, Matt Nagy, please do whatever you have to do, but stop calling plays because your offense, the way that you run this offense, it's not working. Maybe the way that somebody else runs the offense, like I said, Bill Lazor, he simplified the offense, but it worked. It worked. So there are plays that can work with any quarterback. If it can work with Mitch Trubisky, believe me, it can work with Justin Fields. It is time to relinquish the offensive play calling duties to anybody but you. I would rather take a dead man calling plays than Matt Nagy right now. I'm fired up. <laughs> I love it. I'm right there with you. But assuming that Matt Nagy kind of continues his track record of playing up to his ego and and not stepping aside with the play calling. Tony, I have to ask you a question. I, you have been a 
complete advocate for Justin Fields starting week one from the very second that we drafted him. Now we were up against a fantastic pass rush, pass rushing team with, you know, obviously Garrett and Clowney today. We're going to be going up against the Packers, the 49ers, the Bucks, the Seahawks. We have more of these defensive lines to come. So, you know, if Nagy's going to keep play calling and if we're not going to see Nagy at the end of the year and we're going to see a completely different scheme next year, I have to ask you, do you still want to see Justin Fields out on that field, assuming that Dalton doesn't get the start? Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, because end of the day, if you decide to sit Fields this season and sit behind uh, Dalton or Foles or whoever's going to be fit, but Nagy's going to be leaving anyway. What's he really going to be learning? You know, he's going to be a different offense next year anyway. So he's better getting out there and getting real game reps for me still. Now, every game that we go into this year is not going to be like today. Today was a total nightmare. But we're not, it's not going to be like that every week. We're not going to give up nine sacks every week. I don't, Scott. I know. I know. I can see you. I can see your face right now, man. But I, I just don't see that as a thing that's going to happen. Um, it, it was a total riot today. You're on mute, man. I can't hear you. That's weird because I unmuted myself and then it just decided to mute me anyway. I know where you're going, and I understand where, what you're saying. Like, I'm not disagreeing that it won't be every week that the that the Bears give up nine sacks or look this putrid. The problem. I don't think is necessarily that uh, the offense – like, is the offensive line this bad? Probably not. But the game plan for the Browns was predicated on Justin Fields holds the ball a long time. And to do that, we're going to have to pressure him because you just never know. You'll probably get a sack. You might – you know, or an incompletion – or he might throw it up just like Jay Cutler used to, and you might get a pick. That was what I think the the Browns the Browns played into Justin Fields' hands. But Matt Nagy did not try and think, huh? What do what do I think are the weaknesses of Justin Fields that the Browns might try and game plan for? Yeah. So ultimately, while you're right, they probably won't give up nine sacks a game. While you're right, they won't get one passing yard. They didn't have passing yards today. They had passing yard, one passing yard today. That's yep. not going to be an every week thing either. But it's still Matt Nagy that is calling the plays. And until Matt Nagy gets off of calling plays, I'll expect nine, ten sacks a game. I'll accept, or I'll expect one or less passing yards a game because that is the common denominator. I'll let you go. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, listen, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But let, let's let's look at the, the, the whole tenure of, of Nagy as well. We've never given up that many sacks or anywhere near it in a long time. So the likelihood of any of that, you know, re reoccurring is, is very, very low. You're right, Nagy's game plan going into today was 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 wrong. Um he played Justin Fields like he was playing Andy Dalton. Um he he didn't play to the strengths. The the, the pocket didn't move. You know, like it, it was just it, there was no, nothing. It felt like things were happening. We could see what was happening. Everyone on Twitter and around the world were suggesting, you know, move the pocket, get him out of the pocket, get him on the move, blah, blah, blah. But but Nagy couldn't see that, or he could see that. Maybe, you know, 
again, it's a stubborn thing. I don't know. But to go back to your original question, Corey, I mean, for me, you've got to stick with Fields. We knew going into this that there were going to be ups and downs. He's a rookie QB, right? Um, we knew there was going to be good games. We knew there was going to be bad games. Today was a bad game. You know, six for 20, 68 yards, uh, three rushes for 12 yards. You know, it's not impressive. But at the same time, there are there are obviously reasons um, why that, that number wasn't increased. Um, so for me, you've got to continue to play him. You've got to get him those reps. You've got to get him recognizing defenses. You've got to get him working on post-snap reads. All these things that he can use this year um, to benefit the Bears next year. Because regardless of whether it's Nagy or whether it's someone else is the head coach next year, um, you know, you're going to want a, a quarterback with fields in his second year who's a lot more confident um, and uh, who can, you know, go into a game feeling like I can recognize things that are going to happen. This this happened to me last year. Let's not let it happen again this year. Or even if I do see it coming, I know how to get out of it. You know, for me, you've just got to continue to, to run with it. The, the sad thing is, is I feel sometimes, I feel that after this, Nagy might end up using this as an excuse to go back to Dalton. And that would be a terrible, terrible idea. I see someone else in the chat there as well who put something about, should Nick Foles start? Absolutely not. Nick Foles should be nowhere near this team um, in any capacity. So let's we'll not even go there. Um, but but if, this, if Nagy uses this as an excuse to go back to Dalton, then this even further emphasizes the point that Nagy should be fired now. It shouldn't get to the end of the season. I know the Bears aren't a team that get to the end of the, the, the fire people mid-year, they get to the end of the season. But do you know what? I'm, I'm fed up with this is the type of team the Bears are. The Bears are a defensive powerhouse. The, D, the Bears run the ball, 1985, Ditka. It's all in the past. We need to move forward from this. And, and and that goes with, well, the Bears aren't a team that cut people midway through the season. Well, maybe they should be, you know. So you, you need to change with the times. You need to think forward. And if this franchise isn't going to be left in the past, then it has to start making changes right now. Don't be reactive. Be proactive. Make the changes now when you know that they'll eventually need to be done anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I, I think that the Bears have not even dipped a toe in the current offensive heavy NFL, you know, presence. Uh, and I, I had to put you on the hot seat there about fields, but I'm inclined to agree. You know, he he absolutely needs to learn from these experiences. And on top of it, he's smart enough to learn an entirely new system and scheme very quickly, assuming that there is a new head coach and coordinator and, and quarterback coach, you know, assuming there's some kind of cleaning of house at the end of this season. So, you know, no, let's hear from you. Is there even any way to evaluate fields based on this performance? You know, I, I think that we can all agree that he's got a bright future ahead but in his debut it, it i'm not sure it could have gone any worse no I, I think in terms of evaluating fields on today's performance i think is very difficult i mean this 
this was an we heard all week Nagy talking about how you know I need to see what my young quarterback is good at and what he's comfortable with, and I need to implement that for a game plan. And we didn't see it. We saw Andy Andy Dalton's game plan out there. So in terms of evaluating fields, no, don't get me wrong, he wasn't a hundred percent perfect. There were a couple of throws today, maybe here or there. But in fairness, it's it's so hard when you're a young quarterback making your first start. The game plan doesn't suit you. The head coach doesn't appear to be helping you. The O-line is crumbling in front of you. You know, you're playing away to the Browns. What what do you do? I, I don't know. I don't know who you could have put behind that line tonight and, and let them have a good game. Um, so in terms of evaluating them, no. I, I think, you know, he needs a bit more time. I completely agree with yourself and, and Tony. He needs to keep playing. He needs to take the rough with the smooth. He needs to learn. He needs to get used to, you know, identifying defenses and, and getting used to playing with his, with his teammates. Uh, my fear from this is Nagy's going to look at this as some sort of excuse to, to go back to Dalton. You know, something like, oh, you know, I said the young kid wasn't ready and people wanted him to play, but, you know, Andy's experienced. And I, I think that would just be pointless. Um, he's out there now. There is no reason he should be coming back off that that field. I mean, he just needs to learn and we need to find a better way to make the game easier for him and to give him more support. So, you know, I, I think there's a bit of time yet before we can really start evaluating what, what Fields is doing himself. Yeah, I think we've got a few more weeks of um, Dalton being out just from reports that I've seen, but I completely agree with you. I, I can absolutely see Nagy getting on that stupid presser and saying Dalton's our guy, Dalton's our best chance of winning this year. And it, the irony is you have to think that Nagy and Pace see the writing on the wall, especially after this game, you know? So why wouldn't they leave Fields out there if he's their absolute best chance at winning? It, it's it's I it's kind of one of those things that I can't even wrap my brain around. But, you know, I'll say a lot on this show that, the stats don't make up the player. And that is absolutely true in this case, in this game, I think. So I just, we have to talk about this offensive line for a little bit. So Scott, I know that you mentioned it a little bit, but is there hope? Do we just need to get patient or be patient? Can Borum when he's healthy, help Peters out by giving him a little bit of a break? Do you think Jenkins could be back? What are your thoughts on the O-line? Again, I think, you know, like as much as we want to malign the offensive line for today's performance, and it was pretty bad, everything still starts with game preparation and game planning. Matt Nagy just didn't do it. Uh, he, he didn't do a good job today. He admitted he didn't do a good job today, but he's had to admit that before. And you wouldn't give up play calling last season uh, if you were so good at this particular job. Um, I just think that at some point, you need to give your offensive line a little bit of help. And when you uh, when you game plan like you did today, where you barely ran any RPOs, but you the, the plays that you did run, you didn't really like commit to anything – David Montgomery didn't have that many touches. Like you, you really weren't like nobody knows what you were doing outside of the 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 Browns. The Browns seemed to, to know exactly what you were doing, but nobody understood why you played into their hands instead of playing away from uh 
either the Browns' strengths or Justin Fields' weaknesses. That's, you know, that's, I think, the, the big issue. So I don't know if the offensive line is this bad. They didn't look very good against the Rams, and they didn't look very good uh, against the Browns today. But they look great against against the Bengals, and maybe they look good against the Lions. So I ultimately think that the only way that this team gets better is with better game planning, better game preparation. You can't have an offense who truly thinks that the only way that they're going to ever score points is the defense picking up a turnover and then running it back for a touchdown every possession. And right now, that's what the Bears feel like they have to do. I'm just not at the point to say, okay, well, as bad as the offensive line looked, are they truly this bad? Do they need reinforcements? Probably. But do I think that Larry Borum is going to help this year? No. Do I think Tevin Jenkins is going to help this year? No. Right now, the five you got out there, probably the five you're going to be rolling with uh, towards the end of the season, barring injury. And at this point, you just need better game planning by the by the person calling the plays, who in this case, head coach Matt Nagy, you can't do that every single game. You've got to be better. Uh, so if you want to be you, go. Be you. But be you that doesn't call plays. That's, that's the you I want. I mean, the Bears had one net passing yard today. The only other team to do that was the 2009 Bengals, who had zero in a 37-0 loss to the Jets back in 2009. Come on. You've got to be better than this. We should not have to endure this type of angst and this type of, of stomach indigestion and acid reflux week in and week out, year in and year out with Matt Nagy. At this point, I'm done. I am done. I have to admit, my stomach was feeling a little bit rumbly, at, you know, towards the, the mid half of the third quarter when when we were, I don't know, we were on our seventh or eighth sack at that point. I, you know, I, the tackle positions were just absolutely exposed in this game. You had a Fetty that that let Clowney run right by him. Fields got n- nailed. You had, you know, Peters that just looked like he was trying I don't even know what to put together for for Peters because you know he's he's an MVP he's he's played in this league for so long but you know no I'm going to come over to you on this that left tackle position is so key especially when you have a rookie quarterback coming in making his debut Um, you know I think this question is is a good question do you think that Borum you know he's injured right now, but assuming he comes back after he's off the IR, do you think that Borum is a better option or can you see some kind of situation where, you know, they're, they're playing two, two different guys at at the left tackle? I mean, I think a big problem preseason was this O-line and it hasn't gone away. And in terms of Borum, I, I just don't know, to be honest. I mean, he's a rookie who has had very limited time playing. Now he, he has looked good for, for limited time playing, but I mean, whether he would have made a big difference out there today or not, I have no idea. I, I need to see more of him before I can really, you know, come to a decision on him. In terms of Peters, I think we all pretty much agreed at the start of the season when he came in, no matter what happens, you're probably not going to get a full season out of him. So, I mean, I, I think at some point someone else is going to be going in there and Borum is probably going to be that person. So 
hopefully he can step up. But I, I just don't know. And when it comes to this whole line at the moment, I mean, it feels like we've been jinxed for months. I mean, God knows what went on with the whole Jenkins issue. Um, then we're getting to Borum, and he comes in. As you say, maybe he looks like he has a bit of potential. He goes down on a pointless play, if I can remember one of Matt Nagy's stupid play calls. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know how this O-line is going to hold up. As Tony said, look, it's not going to give that amount of sacks every week. Today was just one of those perfect storms that, that hit us. But it's not good. And I don't know. They need to they need to do something with it. They need to move it a bit. I mean, they've they done nothing today with it to try and negate the pass rush, to try and help fields. It was just, it was a bad day. And I, I, I don't know where they go. I mean, I don't think there are any players out there at this stage we can bring in to try and shore it up. I mean, Peters was that last roll of the dice. So it's it's going to be hard to tell. I mean, I will say this. It will be good to see Borum go in and get a run of games because hopefully he can be a future left tackle there. And if we can at least get a run with him. I mean, at this point, this is not a playoff team. I think we should be just trying to look at as many positives as we can get this year. Can we get Fields going and maybe, you know, give him that development he needs? Can we find someone like Borum? I don't know if Jenkins will be back, but if he is, maybe Jenkins. And can we just try and get some positives and just see where we go for next year? Because at the moment, it's just so hard to tell what's going to happen there for me anyway. Yeah, I think um, I think both Garrett and Clowney can single-handedly single-handedly thank the entire Bears offensive line for helping them into the Hall of Fame in the future, probably. Uh, that was just absolutely brutal. Um, but in all fairness, great game to them. They they just, they beat us, you know. We completely sucked fair and square. Uh, but, you know, turning it over to a little bit of a teeny tiny sliver of of light in this game if you could call it that um our defense seemed to come out rocking um our front seven was absolutely stopping the run cream hunt really didn't get his legs under him until the second half um our biggest issue on defense in my opinion was was the time of possession they they were literally gassed by halftime, they get a little bit of a break and then they basically have to play the entire second half again. You know, what can you expect out of your defense when there's such a lopsided time of possession and you're getting three and out, three and out, three and out from your offense? I mean, the defense truly, you know, barring maybe some plays from Eddie Jackson, I really think that they that that they left it out there on the field and they are the sole reason that this game didn't get to. 30, 40, 50 points, probably, you know, they kept it pretty close in the first half. So Tony, I'm going to come over to you, you know, what did you think of the defense? Um, and were you, especially with, you know, uh, Blackson, he seemed to be stopping the run pretty well. What, what did you see today that, that you were happy with on the defense? And do you think that Desai is continuing to call some pretty decent games from, from lear that learning experience with the Rams week one? I think there was um, there was a lot to be happy about in terms of the the defensive line. I thought um, everybody kind of up front played their part very well. I thought Robert Quinn uh, was 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 great today. You know, he's 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 on fire. He's made a kind of turnaround in his um, his career since last season. 
Um, Mac, obviously, you know, getting a couple of sacks in there as well. Um, picked up that injury, and we've seen um, for the first time what uh, the Chicago Bears defense looks like without uh, Khalil Mack for um, for a kind of extended period of time. Um, and to be fair to them, they they, they continued to, to to put pressure on there, and I think that's off the back of Sean Desai's scheming, you know, using people in different positions and all that kind of thing. As you say, Blackson had a great game. Uh, Mario Edwards Jr. came in, uh, played well as as well. Um, I think where the problem persists, um, and it, we've talked about it before, is the defensive back situation. Um, I thought Jalen Johnson played well. Um, but for the rest of them, I'm I'm really not not blown away by anybody. Um, I think with the defense, they played really well, but they were getting nothing back from the offense. So eventually, it's going to grind you down. And Greg Olson was talking about it on the broadcast when he was saying, you know, if these guys are continuously you're coming off the field, the offense is going on. They're seeing a three and out. You know that pressure on them is building. To, to do something, you know, the, the, the margin of error gets smaller at that point as well. So th- there's so much pressure on the unit that they eventually start making mistakes, um, you know, or, or, or trying to make plays when really they should be wrapping up and tackling. Um, we've seen it again, Eddie Jackson. He just, he just hasn't a clue. He just doesn't learn from anything that he's done before. There were other missed tackles in the game as well. You look at the Kareem Hunt touchdown. You had Dion Bush miss the, ta- the tackle coming in in the blitz. You had Kyrus Tonga miss the tackle after that. And then you had Eddie Jackson miss the tackle after that. Three missed tackles in a row. That is a coaching problem. That It can't just be that they're all just really unlucky. That's a problem that comes from the top. Um, and that is on Sean Desai. And it is ultimately on Matt Nagy because... He, he gave Sean Desai the keys to the defense um, when arguably he's not proven. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot there to kind of break down. I think with Desai, he has made some good decisions. Um, so, you know, the, the, the jury's still out on that and you can't really evaluate it too much three games into the season. You'll see where we are kind of midway in terms of the defense. But I think the front seven are generally a good unit. The defensive backs outside of Jalen Johnson are not a good unit. And Desai, as I say, we'll wait and see what happens. But you can't you can't expect the defense. The defense kept us in this game up until the fourth quarter. I mean, we're, we're looking at the, the Cleveland Browns, where you have to watch a game at the end with the Cleveland Browns because they can lose it at the last minute or they can win it at the last minute. So you're going in a situation where, God, we're only a touchdown behind here. We could we could come in we could go back and, and win this if and I, I, I tweeted out during the game if Nagy makes the right adjustments and it gets a clue we could still win this game but that was asking too much um, but as I said, just going back to the original point you can't expect the defense to hold out for so long the whole game and get nothing back in return it's almost like going out and playing both ways you know I play defensive. Uh, I play a D, D lineman for for a series, and, and I won't come off the field. I'll just go on and play offense. Then, do you know what I mean? You're just you're just constantly playing for the whole sixty minutes, and it's it's too much to ask for any team. 
Yeah, it's it, it's an impossible task, truly. And and like you were saying earlier, Tony, I don't care that we have a reputation built around defense. You cannot expect your defense to come out week after week and first of all, miss as many tackles as you're missing. Second of all, have Kendall Wilder out there looking like he's completely lost and Johnson getting penalties and, ex, you know, expect your defense to to keep scoring touchdowns for you, you know, and, and that is basically where we're at is, go oh God, let's hope that our defense gets a pick six here. You know, no, <laughs> you cannot run a football team in 2021 based on those kinds of schemes, you know, it's, it's just not possible. And we're exactly seeing what, what happens when, just like you said, when the offense can't get their bleep together. Uh, but, you know, going back to a, a tiny bit of optimism, um, Scott, I want to get your opinion on uh, Robert Quinn. He completely, again, every single game, he, he has more sacks than he had in the entire entirety of last year. Um, everybody was kind of calling for him to, uh, get the sack because he's on a, you know, pretty decent sized contract extension and seemed to rest on his laurels last year. And then here, I, I don't know. I've lost count. He, he got like two, how, how many sacks two. does he have? Like five? Five sacks oh, total for the season? Year? For the season, yeah. Something I, like that. Maybe four and a half, but something like that. Here's the thing. Yeah. Gave Robert one and Quinn, a half today. Uh, Ro- Ro- yeah, how many? One and a half? One and a half. And I think Edwards got a half. Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, – wasn't it Blackson? I think they oh, got uh, half a sack on, yeah, on, maybe, yeah. on Quinn's. But either way, you know, when you look at last season, Quinn didn't get many sacks. But he was by far – and I mean not even close to being the guy who created the most pressures on that defensive line. So it wasn't like Quinn was completely useless. He just, you know, it was kind of like, you know, we all talk about it's not how you start, it's how you finish. He just never finished. You know, you you it's almost like you you almost got there, but you just didn't do that extra push. And that was Robert Quinn last year. Uh, you know, Mac was getting double teamed and Hicks was hurt. So like, you know, it was up to somebody like Quinn to get there. And he just wasn't doing it. Uh, Quinn this year, I think really wanted to just redeem himself for last year's performance. And again, he's getting pressures. Now he's getting to the quarterback. Uh, I do think it's, it's helping that. And I know they have little injuries right now, but Mac and, and Hicks are, fairly healthy right now. That's always going to help. Uh, it would be an even greater help <clears throat> if Eddie Goldman didn't uh, rest his aching wallet um, because I think that would be really nice to have him in the lineup. But, you know, I know his his wallet needs, you know, those credit cards. They don't, they don't just, you know, they don't get paid by themselves. You know, sometimes you need a little bit of help. And by sitting out, oh, my knee, oh, Oh, my elbow. Ooh, man, it hurts. I don't know. Uh, so it would be really nice to, to see this defense, at least the front seven, healthy. Or if it's a front six because everybody's doing a, you know, a nickel corner. By the way, I did think that Duke Shelley actually played pretty well this week. Um, you know, I know that he had uh, he had a rough week last week, but I thought he played better this week. 
Um, so I'll give him some credit too. So there was, you know, there were some good things on the defensive end, but to, to Tony's point, and I, like I mentioned it earlier in this little rant, you have to finish, you know, Dion Bush, you had whoever it was, was it Kareem Hunt in the backfield? You got to make that tackle. And I, I understand like those things do happen. I get it. But with the defense that is currently constructed, because Eddie Jackson ain't tackling nobody. Let's face facts. Uh, with the defense is currently constructed, you got to make that tackle because ain't nobody else making that tackle. So uh, you got to finish. That's right now. The defense plays well if the offense can actually not have, uh, as you see in my little uh, description, three and out naggy on offense. The defense can't play, you know, 40 minutes a game. You're asking for disaster that way. So again, the, how the defense is going to get better by having the offense be better. Like literally, this really does come down to Matt Nagy and just how crappy of a play caller he's been. I, I think the defense. I didn't think Kendall Vildor played very well, but all the, like the defense can hang with the big boys, but don't make them play forty minutes a game. Otherwise, you're going to get killed, just like you did today. And all that rests on Matt Nagy and the guy who built this, the guy who hired him, Ryan Pace. I'm sorry. Yeah, just a reminder, guys, get your comments in. We want to see all of your questions, all of your comments. You guys usually have us chuckling, and we kind of need it today. Uh, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Um, I naively thought that I'd be going into the show with Eddie Goldman kind of being the big topic of the day, <laughs> you know, talking about his absence and his knee and, and, and whatnot. Um, I was quickly proven wrong. Um, but it is definitely a topic that we want to get into. I, I was really excited when I saw him in his training camp presser. Um, he seemed fired up. He was talking about, you know, he's keeping in shape and he seemed to have a decent camp and, you know, he wanted to come back the second that he saw that we made it to the playoffs because he wanted to be out there. I mean, he's, he said all of the right things. He, he seemed to be doing all the right things in camp. And then all of a sudden when it's time for him to play, like, just like you were saying, Scott, Oh, my knee, you know? So no, I'm going to come over to you. Do you think that Goldman is basically just trying to collect a paycheck. Do you think that we're going to see him this season? And and if we are, what what do you think we can expect out of him? Uh, another tough one. Uh, I mean, he's, who knows what is going on with, with Eddie Goldman? I mean, even last week when you were looking at the the injury report, you know, he was limited and he was, you know, maybe he could be playing and then and then suddenly he's gone again. And that seems to be the way the last couple of weeks. He's in early in the week and then oh, he's gone. I mean, I think if we don't see him next week in Detroit, then questions need to, to be asked on what exactly is going on there because the whole thing is a complete shambles. Um, I mean, will we see him this year? I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's it's just it's it's such a weird situation. I mean, we had the whole last year where he was out, so you would hope he would come back fired up, ready to go, fully fit. But I mean, I don't think he has come back fully fit. I mean, I think the year off where he had the time to keep himself, you know, in shape and to get ready. I think from things I've been reading and things I've been hearing is that he came back so out of football shape that Matt Nagy was 
was fuming. <laughs> I mean, and since then, I don't know, maybe behind the scenes, maybe he's just not able to get himself up to, up to shape. Who knows what's going on with these designations in terms of the injuries, if they're actually true or if there's something behind the scenes that is, is more, you know, insidious than just, you know, the knee, the ankle, whatever. Um, so, Corey, in, I haven't been able to give you a straight answer on anything yet. I don't think I can on this one. I have no idea what's going to happen with Eddie Goldman. I have no idea what is happening with him behind the scenes. Um, I don't know if he has just completely lost his desire. Um, he got his big payday. If he's just, you know, just some sort of reason he came back just to make sure he got his money. But, you know, as Scott says, then come midweek, oh, elbow, oh, knee. Uh, I don't know. All I know is at this stage, he is starting to become a very expensive dead weight to be carrying. And if this continues, as good a player as he is, you know, if you're getting nothing from him, what's the point in keeping him around? We have Tonga in there who looks a good young player. As much as it would be nice to have Goldman, I mean, you know, for some, we talked about Leno in terms of his best quality was his availability. Well, Goldman, it's, no availability and it's just it's it's no good to us at this point so i don't know it'll be interesting to see how it develops over the next few weeks i i, I would totally agree with you on on that one Noel, as well and i think what you need to look at here as well is it's eddie goldman's a nose tackle right and next season he's going yeah, to be I think, uh, on the books for I made 12 my million dollars opinion you know, very like, clear on the show on wednesday about goldman when i said you know poop or get off the I think there may be a bit of a delay there for Corey is there am I back can you guys hear me yeah I can hear you there now can you hear us yeah yeah I think All right, we're delayed sorry. for, I lost, for a bit I, I lost you guys oh, for a second <laughs> um yeah I completely agree I when I said on Wednesday about Goldman basically Cooper, get off the pot. You know, we're, we're, we're sick of not knowing what's going on with him. We're sick of not knowing what's happening. And I think that the defense have, has proven their worth that they're, that they're workable without him. Right. You know, I wish Tonga, I wish Tonga got that sack today. Did I go out again? Oh, you're fine. No, we can hear that. No, I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes, just curse though. Say it. Just say. Just say it, so we can all move forward. Back? Because you're <laughs> back. You are back. We just all need to move forward. So curse. Do it, Corey. Just say it. Don't say pooper. Get off the pot. You know what to say. You've been there. We've all had it. Go. I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep this show PG thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Shitter, get off. Scott, the families, families watching this Scott, around the world right now. They don't exactly. want to be eating that. Let me. Let me. Let me explain something to you though. Did the Bears give us a PG type performance today? No. They gave us a rated X to performance in terms of how bad it was. So at this point, we need to give them just what they gave us, which was flat out garbage. Touche. And I'm done. <laughs> completely agree. <laughs> so my question that I was trying to get in there for Tony was, uh, what are your feelings on Tonga? I'm, I'm pretty happy with him. I was wishing that we could have seen him get that sack today that they called uh, roughing the passer, which I, I don't know what else he could have done to not, you know, land on, on uh, Mayfield like that. But, um, you know, 
this defense, I think, works without Goldman. What do you your opinions on the defense progressing with with Goldman, assuming he's going to have injuries all season? Yeah, I mean, it, it it definitely does work without Goldman. We've we've shown we've we've shown that over the last couple of weeks. We've shown that for parts of last season as well. Um, you know, I, I, I was saying earlier on, end of the day, Eddie Goldman is a nose tackle who will be paid twelve million dollars next year, which is crazy considering he hasn't played since 2019. So for me, you know, if if hypothetically the team blows up um, over the next couple of games and it's completely obvious that, well, I mean, it is already completely obvious that we're not a playoff team, all right? But if it's completely obvious that it's totally gone down the drain, then you need to start looking at offloading some of these guys, even if you can try and get rid of some of the guys um, in the... Uh, before the trade, the trade deadline in, in week eight, you know, I, I'd probably look at it. You need to start kind of stockpiling some picks for next year, freeing up some money for next year because we want to be building on that offensive side of the ball, um, especially on the O line. Um, you know, we've we've proven that we've got guys on the D line who are not getting paid loads of money who are producing really, really well. So you know, we 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 can kind of fall back on that. Uh, slightly, um, and, and as I say, try and add some more quality on the on the offensive line. Tonga, though, just to go back to your original question again, he's he's been fine. Um, he's a he's a he's a rookie, you know, ta- defensive tackle. Um, you know, he's he's made some good plays. Um, he looked good in the in the preseason, uh, and then in the limited snaps that he has had um, in the first two weeks. I thought he looked fine, you know, and but the thing is, it's going to take time for him to kind of build momentum and get to a situation where he's a hundred percent comfortable in the in the, the scheme um, and and knowing his assignments and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we'll you'll, you'll get there hopefully. You know, again, it's it's far too early to tell really what's going to happen with him. Um, but what I can say is that he can step in in place of Goldman and make just as much of a contribution because at the minute Goldman's making no contribution anyway. So, and he hasn't done so for well over a year. So in in my mind, that makes Tonga far more valuable, even if, you know, arguably when you have Goldman there, he does get the, you know, he's got a bit of a pass rush on him. He gets the stats and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, you know, if he's not, if he can't play, he doesn't want to play, um, whatever it is that's wrong with him, then you've got to have, you've got to have Tonga in there. Give it, and again, it's a similar situation to Fields. Let him play for the season. Let him get his snaps. Let him get his experience and and build for the following year. Because we're doing absolutely nothing this year, regardless of what anybody says. We are not even. We're not making the playoffs. Um, it's just not going to happen the way things are going at the moment. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm kind of on a whimsy right now. You know, like let's just throw things at the wall and see what sticks, you know, let Justin Fields take as many passes as he wants. Sure. You know, let's, let's, like you said, offload half of our defensive line. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I feel completely the same. This is not a playoff caliber team. This offense is, if it's going absolutely nowhere, I think that basically short of firing Matt Nagy, um, there's there's not a whole lot that that we can do. So um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I can stomach much more 
Bears talk. <laughs> so thank you guys all for joining us. If this you was... pray, Dyer. <laughs> yeah. really Be has. brave, Bear fans. Be yeah. brave. Stay strong. Uh, stay loyal. <laughs> Even through the hard parts, we can do this. And uh, I, I guess we can all agree that even when we lose, we can still say. Fire Nagy. <laughs> Fire Nagy. I was going to say, maybe we should. That's Fire Nagy. <laughs> should, we, should we all say Fire Nagy on three? <laughs> sure. Why not? All right. One, two, three. Are we saying it on three or are we saying it like one, two, three, then Fire Nagy? We have to do it that way. Like we have to, you know, we got to figure it this out. It sounds like Matt Nagy's trying to organize this fire Nagy chin. <laughs> be, be you, Matt Nagy. Be you. And get out of the way. All right. Say it whenever you want. One, two, three. Yeah. Fire, fire Nagy. Nagy. Fire Nagy. Fire That was funny. <laughs>